good afternoon, everybody. It is a little after 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time, September 25th, 2019. We live in a strange world. We live in a world of uh, political turmoil. We live in a world of uh, inequity. We live in a world of misinformation. We live in a world of ignorance. We live in a world that sets us up to be um, taken advantage of by the government. And it's our fault. It's all our fault. And we can change it. We can fix it. We're going to talk about how. We're going to get into that. Um, i got to figure out how to shut that blinking off. I hate Messenger. I don't know. This makes everything ugly. Sorry, mixed for some great radio. Thanks for including me in these long messenger lists because it makes my life so much better. Anyhow, this is a podcast called A Cup of Joe, and uh, it's brought to you by the Coffee Party Radio Network, and it's also brought to you by the Human Solution International, and we are a 501c3 federally recognized nonprofit civil rights organization that is set up as a public benefit or a charitable organization. And we are here to advocate to support the rights of humanity, of people. We specifically have targeted the rights of those that are victimized by the war on drugs. We have specifically targeted those rights of Native American causes. We've specifically targeted veterans' rights. We've also specifically targeted disabled rights. That's a pretty broad brush, and it crosses across a lot of lines. Um, There's very few places a civil right could be violated that we would say, well, sorry, we're not into that one. But we had to sort of narrow our focus down a bit so that we could describe to people who we are and what we do. Um, Those are important things when we deal with uh, um, getting support, when we deal with creating alliances, when we deal with membership, we deal with uh, messaging, when we deal with uh, a world of of people that don't pay attention, they don't read what's on the page, they don't uh, listen when you talk. So you got to have a clear message. You got to have a message that's repeatable. You got to be able to have it 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 present in many places, and you got to say it over and over and over again. And and every single week, I see some comments saying, "Who are you guys? What do you do?" And 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 so it's important that we have a clear answer. Um, we have a specific goal of ending cannabis prohibition, and one of the reasons that we are doing that is because of the core problem behind cannabis prohibition, which is the people of this country, and frankly other countries, have been taken advantage of and falsely imprisoned. And our constitutional rights have been desecrated, violated, removed from us, and we haven't done anything about it. Our prison system is has got a huge disparity. Uh, there are people con- currently today serving life in prison, and their only charges are related to cannabis. 
drug charges, life in prison, tons of them. And nobody gets it. Nobody knows. And then we could get into the disparity of people that are incarcerated. Um, Dark-skinned people are generally a lot more incarcerated for drug crimes than light-skinned people. But there's plenty of light-skinned people in there. In fact, we have one of them that's currently serving life in prison. Um, We haven't heard from in a few weeks because he's been locked up in what they call the SHU, the Solitary Housing Unit, okay, the whole solitary confinement, the worst of the worst places. And this is a man who was never charged with a violent crime. There was not a single victim present at his sentencing hearing. And I want you folks to think about that for a second, because I've sat in courtrooms all over the country and inadvertently sat in sentencing hearings for violent crimes because I was waiting for the case that I was there to support. And I can remember one case in particular we were waiting for uh, a hearing for a cannabis case, and prior to that hearing was a sentencing hearing for a rape case. And I was very, I don't know how many times I've been moved as deeply as that sentencing hearing, because it was so different from all the ones I'd seen before. In this sentencing hearing, there's a place for the victim of this crime and the victim's family to come forth and, and and give what they call an impact statement. And the point of that is so that the judge who ultimately imposes the sentence and considers the guidelines and the, and the recommendations of the prosecutor, the probation or, uh, yeah, probation parole department, and of course the defendant, he gets to consider the impact of this crime to the community. And generally, as friends and family members of the victim of this crime. And in this case, I can remember sitting on, on the defendant's side, which generally we were sitting in. And there were all these people. It was the first time I'd really seen a packed house for a case other than a cannabis case that we were supporting. And there was all sorts of people. And they all came up one by one, including the victim of this rape. And they described in in horrific detail the actions that had happened and then they went on to describe in horrific detail the impact and I can assure you that a true crime this this person that was convicted and ultimately sentenced of this rape case impacted a whole lot of people and, and in a way that could never be fixed you can't heal from a trauma like that you can get on with your life, you can maybe become better than you were, but you can never heal that, that's a kind of wound that you can't heal from, and, you know, to to watch the father of the daughter that was raped, um, and the anguish that he went through, uh, imagine your own daughter being raped, and, and, and being powerless to have stopped it, and, um, the guy that did that did not get life in prison. He got time in prison. I don't remember how much, but I thought to myself when it was happening, son of a bitch, Craig Cecil is serving life in prison without possibility of parole, and he had no victim at his sentencing hearing, not a one. And yet this man who was convicted of a violent act 
and there were dozens of, of victims and victim statements and impact statements, and this had devastated a whole community. And this man did not get life in prison. This man's going to walk free one day. He might be free to this day. I don't know. And that's the kind of stuff that happens in our court system, in our criminal justice system. We have a long way to go to resolve this, okay? So there's inequity that's going on all over the country, all over the world. And we're not helping. We're allowing this to happen because we're not stopping it from happening. And we're supporting people and we're doing what we can, but we need to do more. We need to fix this. And the Human Solution International, as a 501c3, has for the last 10 years been seeking alliances, looking to work with people that are doing um, similar type work, that have a mission that in some way connects with ours. And I was uh, in a situation this weekend where I gave a presentation at a church, and it turned out that the woman who uh, facilitated this, who put this together and, and did a, a, a amazing job, um, Turns out she has a 501c3 that's Yay. working in reentry pro project, and we specifically had, at one point in our existence, talked about creating a reentry program. So that, and and I don't know that anybody really gets the impact of this. When when one of us, meaning a decent person who never really caused harm to anybody, gets branded a felon. Be, by being charged with a nonviolent drug offense, especially, there's other ways it can happen, um, and, and takes a plea deal, which 97% of them do, um, or does time and gets out of prison. Number one, you get out of prison, and generally your life has been decimated. Most of the people that ever were there for you are not going to be there. And you probably won't have much of a support system. You probably won't have much of opportunity, and, and you'll be lucky if you have any kind of uh, way to get out and be in any way productive. And you're branded at that point. And, you know, there was a campaign a while ago that was called, you know, something like Remove the Box or something like that. The point of it was at the end of every application, a job application, a a vehicle loan application, a rent application, a, any kind of application, there's going to be a little box that you have to check that says, have you ever been convicted of a felony? And if you check that box, nine out of ten or probably more than that, just get tossed in the trash can because why would you take that guy when you can take one that's not? And that's what happens. And so without there being a program and a way for people to get out and maybe get a head start and get a step up, um, it, it, it's a damning event to be sentenced as a felon in America. And it's happening disproportionately uh, to um, socioeconomic economic group. The, the, the less money you have, the more likely it is to happen to you. Um, and... Oftentimes, the darker your skin, the more likely you are to be in a lower socioeconomic class. It's just the way it is. It doesn't mean it's right. It sucks balls, if you ask me, and it's not right in so many ways. But we've let it happen, and we haven't stopped it. And so part of our walk for change 
is to end cannabis prohibition. But in ending cannabis prohibition, we're not passing some ridiculous law that lets some 1% of the population participate in the industry, which doesn't participate in ending prohibition, generally speaking. No. We're here to make real social change and to actually uh, advocate not only for this change as citizens, but to advocate for those representatives who are going to be running for office in this upcoming election in 2020 to get out there and tell us what you're going to do and hold you to it. And maybe if we started holding elected officials to what they said in their candidacy speeches, maybe there would be a different set of candidates out there today. Again, it's all on us. You know, the information's out there. Research a candidate. Look and see what they said last time. Look at their voting record. See what they did. How many of us do that? Not enough. Not enough. Because if they did, we wouldn't keep reelecting these poor bastards that right. keep taking advantage of us. So anyways, um, we are 15 minutes into a one-hour show, and I call this the two-hour, one-hour show because mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever got through this show in one hour. Um, but we have it queued up. To go as long as two if we need to, I I have ambitions of a one-hour show, but I have a very um, rambling mouth and a lot to say, and um, I've got some a really great guest, and I also have some other guests on the line. We have Dana Bland from Missouri, and uh, he runs the Hope for Change and the End of Prohibition chapter. He's a uh, ex-defendant who just got done fighting a case. And he's an advocate for many of our cases that we have going on in Missouri and Kansas and the neighboring areas. Uh, we also have Dee Dee Kirkwood on the line right now, and she is um, one of the two premium advocates of the prisoners of war that I've ever known. I've never known anybody to be so passionate without being a psychopath um, uh, to help. To selflessly advocate for these people and she's even gone so far as to keep herself out of the limelight so that all she's doing is helping so when Dee Dee talks you know please roll up and listen because I've never seen anybody act and care and feel so much um, about the work she's doing and uh, she's the opposite of a pot star she's um, somebody who's actually a true true activist so I, I respect very few people as much as I respect Dee Dee Kirkwood. So she's going to be here to give us an update on Michael Thompson, who is a man of color who is just getting reamed again um, in a state case, in a state where it's quote-unquote legal today. Anyways, we're going to begin with Nita. And, uh, again, I just gave a little intro about her, and I don't know her very well, but I told her, I said, you know, why don't you come on the show and I'll get to know you on the show. And I think that, you know, I'm all about transparency. I'm all about, you know, let's see uh, what we're all made of. Um, And before we get to her, you know, I've always invited anybody who disagrees with me to please come on my show and let's talk about it live without, you know, any Facebook um, keyboard clacking. If we get time, I want to share a friggin' disaster of Facebook, another another troll on Facebook trying to bait me into a, a, a some kind of a battle. But, of course, they won't come on the show. But, anyways, if we get time, we'll get to it. Otherwise, maybe next week. I'm stacking up a bunch of things for next week. 
So without further ado, we got Nina Watson with Black Gold Urban Grow Consulting. And uh, Nina, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. I, uh, As I said uh, on Saturday, I said, why don't we get to know each other on the show a little bit? And um, what I... Yeah. What I know about you so far told me that we have a lot in common and that, um, you know, I'm likely going to propose some sort of a of a joint venture by the time this interview is over. So why don't you, <laughs> <laughs> why don't you, as we're just getting started, um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and as an activist and what brought you to activism and tell us about your um, uh, reentry program nonprofit. Okay. Um, again, my name is Nita Watson, and I was uh, born and raised in California and uh, a child of the 60s. I've grown up during trying times, and I've watched a lot of, like you said, injustice around the criminal justice system. And so it impacted me from a girl all the way up until now. So in 2009, I formed um, Free Indeed Reentry Project and Free and Clear Expungement Assistance Services, where I help people um, complete the forms necessary to petition the courts to clear their records. And as you stated earlier, it's so difficult for people to be able to live normal lives after a conviction. And that's one of our premier uh, things that we take pride in because you have to be able to live after you come home. You have to be able to work, and you have to be able to get a place to live and, you know, so many other things that are needed that if you have that mark on your record, it makes it so hard and so difficult. And so it's just so unfair that we have to suffer even after we have paid our debt to society. And so that's why I formed that organization. And so now we're looking to partner with organizations such as yours that goes even deeper into the criminal justice system, even as far as inside the prison. My goal is to work closely, more closely with women and teens girls, but we don't um, discriminate. We work with anybody that needs reentry services. So um, let me ask you on, the, on that on that point, um, when you don't have any, any um, um, I don't know, standards as far as who you're helping, so let's just say, um, you know, John Q. Criminal um, just got out of prison, um, this is his third um, prison term, um, the first one was for uh, burglary, the second one was for rape and, and gross bodily injury, and the third one was for murder, and he found his way out. Um, are you, you're there to help him get back on his feet? Well, I don't deal with uh, folks that have violent criminal path. I Got don't it. have the That's bandwidth right. at the moment, but I That's definitely have I have organizations that I refer 
people, too, that deal directly with those types of situations. They have transformational homes and programs, and they have all the wraparound services for those folks. So we're not well, only a ser- we don't only provide services ourselves, but we are also a resource center for services that we cannot provide or don't at the time, at the moment. Good, good. And again, I'm just trying to figure out. You know, we we have um, a, a not exactly a box around us as to what we do and don't do, but we have a stated mission and, a, and stated goals. And um, one, of the, one of the goals, or, or as we're supporting cases, uh, one of the key words to that are nonviolent um, cases that we stand behind and support. And it's not that just because somebody's accused of a violent act doesn't mean they committed a violent act. And I, I'm not here to judge people. It's just a matter of, where we are as a as a community support grassroots organization, I find it hard enough to get people to come and stand up and help people that have no business being in the courtroom. It's much less people that might have business being in the courtroom. Um, I'm just trying to clarify both of our positions as we're getting to know each other here. Um, and so uh, one of the things that we were – Initially, when we became a 501c3, and we actually incorporated for the first time in in, in 2009, just like uh, you did. So we've both been out on this uh, nonprofit arena for the same amount of time. And um, exactly, when we first got started at, uh, and, and applied for our 501c3 back in 2014, uh, we had. Uh, a board member at the time that uh, was an ex uh, um, he was he was an ex federal uh, um, felon who had served over thirty years in prison and um, he had gotten out and one of the things he was working at doing was to create a reentry program and part of it was uh you know, to network with other organizations. Part of it was to uh, work on establishing housing, um, um, you know, jobs, um, you know, the whole, the whole support team that, that is so important that people have. If they don't have, their the recidivism rate is exponential um, already, and when you don't have a support team, it's, it's that much more likely. Uh, we never got it off the ground, but I still have, you know, an outline of some of the things that we were uh, planning to do. Now, um, I, is your organization funded, or are you volunteer-based, or how how is your organization set up? We are volunteer-based, and, uh, again, a very small operation and looking to expand to be able to provide the services necessary for whoever needs the help. And so that's the reason I'm just so excited um, about meeting you. And I definitely look so forward to talking to you in more detail about how we can get together and bring some of these goals that we have written and that we've actually uh, dreamed about for a long time, make them a reality. 
Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, we have a chapter in Kansas, and we have a, a young couple that are just, um, you know, superstars, in my opinion, uh, the way that they've just really taken the bull by the horns, and they've gone and, and acted rather than just talked, and they've, they've you know, taken incredible action in a short period of time. And one of the things that uh, one of the coordinators of this chapter has brought forth is a plan um, for the for the state system in Kansas, and he's already making inroads into this. And the, what it is is it's a, a company would basically uh, sign up for this, and he's trying to integrate a system where the system would allow this company to more or less sponsor uh, an inmate on, on a, either an early release or a work release or some type of a, of a release situation where a lot of times, especially in the federal system, there's a halfway house. They don't just get out. They, they go to a halfway house first, and then they got to comply with whatever um, stipulations have been set by the judge. And um, this is a concept that, to me, I thought was a great idea uh, because – a company, a small business especially, um, could get some kind of subsidy from the state to employ this person. Um, there would be an understanding that there's a responsibility that uh, they have to make sure this guy shows up to work. There's some sort of accountability for his hours and his whereabouts, and it may or may not include housing or whatever. But the point is, is that there would be an accountability and the company would benefit by receiving, um, you know, some sort of a, um, uh, of a compensation in exchange for what they're doing. And then they turn around, they get a, they get a, an employee who gets a, a new start. And, and my guess yeah. would be, uh, there, my my brief research of companies that do this sort of thing generally have pretty good employee loyalty when they do this. There's a couple of companies in L.A., and I think they're mostly food-based services. I think one's called Homey something or other. It's a restaurant, and they, they, they provide um, uh, jobs for ex-felons. And I, there's a few companies that are doing similar type of work, but to create a state program that would, um, you know, the whole point of this state program is to rehabilitate, right? It's not just Absolutely. It's supposed to be rehabilitation, and there's so little of that. Uh, generally, when somebody goes into state prison, they learn how to be a state prisoner, and they learn how to commit more crimes much more than they learn how to get out of being one of those. <clears throat> and this could give um, you know, a group of people, especially if we were able to cherry pick from the um, you know, from the lowest impact all the way up, start with the with the guys that are nonviolent offenders with no victims and no victims' family and work your way out. And a company yes. that wants to do this could get tremendous tax credits for doing it and in right. exchange, you know, possibly just do a lot of good. Anyways, that's one thing that we're, we have in the works already. We're working with the state um, system in Kansas, and my thinking is if you could get it established, we could probably – box it, and then submit it to every state system, on you know, in the country. Can I say 
uh, that the company that you refer to is Homeboy Industry. Yes. And they are huge, and they absolutely do. One of their main objectives is to is to provide jobs for their clients, and that's the that's one of the main ways that we will begin to reduce recidivism in a big way. But as it relates to the marijuana laws that are changing now, you know that brings me to the organization that I recently formed, and that's seminar that we did last Saturday, and I thank you so much for coming out and being such a dynamic speaker and, oh, my God, such an integral part of that seminar. It just would not have been the same without you, and we really appreciate you coming. But we want to say that the marijuana industry, the legalization, it's changing a lot of things as far as uh Folks who are already convicted, already doing time, they're going to be coming home. They're going to be needing their records clear. They're going to be needing jobs. And so um, we can, you know, think about centralizing that work in a department of its own, in a compartment, a section of its own, just marijuana convictions, because that's going to be humongous. Oh, yeah. Humongous. Definitely. What's happening is there's a lot of states that as they're passing laws that allow for medicinal recreational use, uh, they're making claims that we're going to uh, expunge all these records. But what happens generally is that they're um, uh, low-impact possession cases, number one. And number two, there's nothing automatic about it. There's a there's Never. a pathway for it to happen, and if you don't know where that pathway is, it isn't going to happen. And so, um, setting up uh, these types of things, look, in my opinion, you know, it's it's a, it's a teeny little step, but I, I support the little steps as well as the big work. And so, um, I think that there's definitely a good place. What I'd like to do, um, our organization has a uh, conference call on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and uh, our, our leadership team gets together at noon on Pacific time, um, and sometimes we're working on the walk that we're going to talk about next, and other times it's general business. But what I like to do is introduce, um, you know, leaders of other nonprofits when we have these types of conversations into that conversation, and we can begin to create a plan or 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 a, a deeper understanding. And then, you know, I, I if you've listened to this podcast, you'll notice that I have recurring guests. And once we start to work with people, I, you know, I have regulars on the show. And, and, you know, it's been my goal. It's been the toughest goal that I've ever been able to do because for whatever reason, activist groups are – they they talk a lot, but they don't do a lot. And and it's not that they don't do a lot. They, they talk a lot more than they do. And I've had uh, dozens and dozens of, of leaders and groups come to me and say, yeah, we want to work together. And I say, okay, let's get together. And I, and, and I set up a meeting, and we talk about it, and then you don't hear from them again. And I have a funny feeling you're not going to be one of those. I, 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 I get the sense I... that... Uh, <laughs> No, I'm, I'm 
not one of those kind. I am definitely more than passionate about this work. I put a lot of years into this, and I cannot. I feel like I'm impregnated with this vision, and I just cannot stop until I deliver, if you will. So yes, absolutely. Um, some things are meant to be. Some prayers are going to be answered, and this is a, it's just a lot of uh, a lot of work, a lot of prayer. And it's just, uh, it's, it's happening. So, yes, we definitely will be working together really soon. Well, let me ask you this. This is something that I always, you know, get curious about because, you know, with me, um, I got I got brought into this world of activism as a, a reluctant leader. Um, I, I had no ambition. Look, I was a bush grower. I used to grow pot on the side of mountains where nobody ever went. And I was left to my own devices, and I kept out of trouble. And then once we had a law that said we were allowed to do certain things, I took some liberties that I was supposed to be able to do. Next thing I know, I'm I'm charged with felonies. You know, I think a total of, I think altogether with both of my cases, all three of my cases, I was charged with over 35 felonies. And... I didn't even have a traffic ticket. I've never, I've, I've never been even accused of hurting anybody. I got 35 felony counts dropped in my lap, and and was facing, you know, uh, of all three cases altogether, a total of uh, 12 plus seven plus five. So yeah, about 24, 25 years is what altogether. Had I been convicted of everything I was charged with, um, is what I would have been looking at. And um, when they put those handcuffs on me for the first time, and I was sitting in a holding cell for the first time in my life, I'm sitting there unable to move my hands and, and unable to get out of a box. And I'm a very sort of free spirit. And something snapped inside of me. I was like, this is so wrong. I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around. I couldn't balance the equation. And just something popped up out of, out of my soul and says, we got to change this. And I've never been the same since. My question to you yeah. is, what brought you in? Well, I found myself in a situation, a domestic situation with my ex-husband, and I ended up having to get my own misdemeanor expunged. This was oh, back okay. in 2003 or something like that, 2004. Uh-huh. And I was determined not to go, have to go through because I have, I'm a career person, 35 years in corporate America. I could not allow that to hinder my career and my growth. Got it. And so I went immediately after um, following the court orders to do what I needed to do, I immediately expunged my own record. And like you, I had this awakening um, one morning. I just, you know, woke up and it just started coming to me that there are so many people who need their record cleared. And I immediately began to type out the vision and the mission and I just learned for four years. I didn't take one client for four whole years because I wow. wanted to make sure I understood the process. I had to learn the laws. I had to learn the court system. I had to learn how things work, 
probation, parole, uh, prison, uh, state prison versus county jail, you know, stays, things like that. So it was like four years of college for me um, on uh, clearing people's criminal history, juvenile uh, record sealings, arrest records, you know, that need to be closed because even if you're not charged with anything, if you're arrested, that still is on your record. And it's harder to get off than a regular expungement. A lot of people don't know that. You may not have gotten charged with it, but if they arrested you, took you in, handcuffed you, put you in the squad car, took you in, booked you and all that, that's an arrest and it has to go away. The regular I have, a, I have personally uh, an arrest record that's a mile long. I have no conviction, so I don't have, I'm not a felon. I'm not even a misdemeanor er but I I have I have an arrest record that's very I've been arrested I don't know how many times over this and and you're right, I've been booked, I've gone through the the, the, the intake system and I know that if I ever get pulled over and they look up my arrest record, it's it's there. So who knows, maybe you can help me get rid of mine. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Those things can be sealed, but it takes a lot of work and effort on both the client and my part. So it can be done. You'll find me to be quite a willing participant, I can assure you. (laughs) Um, So let me ask you this. Uh, Are your cases that you're supporting um, in California only, or do you have a region that you cover, or how does that work out? Well, my work is centered in California because I live here. Fortunately for us, a lot of the laws are in our favor. I mean, we are literally blazing the trail for for reform in that area. However, there are certain other states that are basically similar, but then they're so different as well. But that doesn't mean I cannot work with the client in another state. I just need to make sure that I know what is required uh, by the law for their, uh, their, you know, their expungement. If they are, uh, what am I trying to say? If they're eligible for expungement. Right. So that's the whole process. It's a whole process. Yeah. It's like an attorney can go and represent a client in another state, but they have to work under – um, somebody who's signed up with the bar there, and they have to learn the state laws that they're defending. So it's you're, yeah. you're best equipped in the area that you've studied, but you could. Yeah. There's nothing about your organization that limits where you can help somebody. So if it turned out like that you connected with an international 501c3 with chapters all over the country, and we decided to work together in a project like this, and we that, uh, um, you know, different divisions in every state we were in, that, there's no reason that couldn't happen, right? None at all. None whatsoever. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I have, I have, um, I've already worked with other people in different states, but I haven't had any success yet because of various situations. Not that they can't not not that it can't be done, but it was their situation that prevented them. A lot of states are very, very strict. Texas is one. That's the last place a person should get in trouble is Texas 
They don't want to let their prisoners go. And there's several others that are very, 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 oh, my God, extremely strict. So California, we, we, we're really blessed here because uh, our, our elected officials work very hard. They work very hard, and I can name some that are very dedicated, and, and they work hard to pass legislation to make it easier for us to get past these barriers after a criminal conviction. Well, you know, one of the things that we've learned that we can do as a 501c3 is to actually uh, um, sign off on community service hours. And I've personally signed off on hundreds of community service hours that were given as a sentence um, you know, to a pot case. And, um, you know, one of the things, in, in even a case in Texas, we were able to sign off on I think it was uh, 200 hours or something. It was a lot, a lot of hours that this guy um, was given, and and you know we made him, we made him volunteer to do it. But um, at the end of the day, it, it was a, a an actual true avenue for for this to happen. So um, I want to now get into. I just like to say, I just want to say one thing before we move forward, Joe, and that yeah. is, even though our work is we have our particular things that we want to accomplish. We really can't accomplish that without relationships with our elected officials and our congressional folks, other, uh, you know, city officials and just the community at large. We have to work together. I spent a lot of years building relationships with clergy with, again, our elected officials, with community organizations, with civil rights organizations. I have a lot of networks that I uh, have built relationships with, so we have to use all of our resources to make these well, things happen. The next, that's where the next topic is going to get interesting, because I am working very diligently with a a lot of people organizing a walk across America, and what we're calling a walk for change and a goal, a stated goal of ending cannabis prohibition. But this is a walk uh, in support of our constitutional rights and our freedom to choose, um, and and it's about our freedom to choose anything that doesn't cause harm to anybody else. Um, and, and, and we've we've enacted laws that violate our own constitution because it clearly states that we're endowed by our creator um, simply by being alive, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And if it doesn't take away somebody else's constitutional right, it, it directly violates that. And so we've passed all these prohibitive laws saying you can't possess this and you can't grow that and you can't have this, and you can't take this from here to there, even if it doesn't hurt anybody. And th those laws make no sense, and that's part of what this what this walk for change is about. It's about um, the the criminal justice system. How is it that we have a system that is an ant trap? You know that that as soon as you get uh, you get profiled in the wrong place at the wrong way at the wrong time in the wrong neighborhood. Boom! You slide on down into a hole and you can't get out, and and it's not the same for the same guy who's got a stack of cash, 
and 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 the connections, you know, to the to the leaders. So the point of this right. is, is we're creating this walk for change, and it's not just the human solution doing it. It's the human solution working with um, not only other civil rights organizations, but other advocates, activists, leaders. Um, uh, we're going to be inviting political uh, officials, um, elected officials, candidates uh, to participate in this. And as we're walking across the nation, we're going to be encouraging all of these candidates and, and people that are representing us to have a voice and to declare, you know, their position here. And, and that's part of what this is all about. And I'm absolutely going to uh, invite and encourage you and the organization to uh, participate. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Well, um, I think that for an initial meet-and-greet interview, this is about the time we have. (laughs) I definitely want to go deep with you. And so um, I'm going to talk to the, uh, the team tomorrow and schedule um, a conference call that we can sit with you. And what I'd like you to do is, you know, get a piece of paper and jot down, you know, your perfect world. How would this work out if it could work out the best possible way? What kind of goals? What kind of – imagine we have unlimited resources. You know, we're grassroots. We do have unlimited resources. It's just up to us to go reach out and grab them. And so that's what this is all about is organizing – it's about leadership, it's about networking, it's about uh, harmony and, and, and uh, working together. So, uh, Nita, I'm uh, absolutely tickled to be working with you. And uh, yes. one thing I would like to do is if somebody is, um, number one, has a case that they would like to or need to get expunged, or number two, somebody that wants to help out uh, with your organization, that specific arena, how would somebody get a hold of you? I can be reached at 323-397-4025. I am on Facebook. I am on Twitter. And I am on the other one. It's called, uh, I'm sorry. Instagram. Instagram. I said Instagram already. LinkedIn. I'm sorry. That's the one I was, wanted to say. LinkedIn. So I'm on all of those LinkedIn. social platforms, social media platforms. You can find me. And once again, my email address, nita53787 at yahoo.com. Excellent. Well, Nita, it's been an absolute privilege and a pleasure. And uh, I consider Likewise. this uh, ground Likewise. zero. Beginning of, of something that's going to make a big difference. So um, expect yes. a call tomorrow afternoon from me, and um, I will uh, get the team to commit to a time that we can meet, and then let me know. Um, send me a message about your best times to sit down for a 20-minute, half-an-hour conference call. Okay, will do. Thank you so much, Joe. Awesome. Thank you very much. Nita Watson with Black Gold Urban Grow Consulting. Um, excited to be working with this new 501, well, not new, but with this 501c3 uh, that works with expungement and uh, prison reentry, getting people a, a, a leg up. You know, you, even if you did something violent and you served your time, 
You're supposed to have served your time. You're supposed to be able to get out and start over again. The thing about people is that we are capable of redemption. People can change. And a lot of times they don't, but they can. And I've seen it happen on, on all sides. So, you know, we have to give their uh, – we have to make there be fertile ground for that to happen. And, and Nita's doing that great work, and we're going to – we're going to be working with her. So, anyways, um, I got nine minutes, 46 seconds left of our regular time. But as I say, this is the two-hour, one-hour show, and we will go as long as necessary to get to everybody and all the things we have to talk about. We have Jennifer Hess, um, and she's a defendant we're supporting in Kansas. I'm going to bring her up next. And then Glenn Keeling, um, a defendant that we're supporting in Ohio. And uh, then we're going to get up to... Dee Dee Kirkwood, um, and then we're going to go to Dana, and then we'll see who else pops in. Um, <clears throat> Jennifer Hess is a defendant that came to our attention. Um, you may be, you may remember she's come on our show numerous times. Uh, she's truly a victim of the drug war. Her husband passed away while in custody. Um, they were raided on a pot case. Uh, they've seized the children. Um, they're claiming that the the house that she lives in needs to be um, overhauled before she can have a chance of getting her kids back. And we've gotten together some resources and some labor and a team of people that are going to make that happen. Uh, meanwhile, she's got an attorney now that's uh, different from the public defender that was assigned to her, and I'm hoping for good things to come out of that. And, uh, you know, she's standing with us. She's standing up for herself. And a big part of what we do as the Human Solution International is really just community support. I know what it feels like to be charged with felonies. I know what it feels like to have most of your friends and family turn their backs on you and walk away and say, I don't know, man, you're, you're, you're too hot for me. I can't be around you anymore. I know what it's like to have family members say, I support you, but don't. I know what it's like. Hell, my own mom turned her back on me. Uh, I, I know what it's like to be abandoned in your time of need. And when you have an individual or a group of people that say, hey, you know what? We know who you are. We know what you're going through because we've been through it and we care. I know what that means. And that's a big part of what this group does. It's not about slinging money around. It's not about you know, driving around big tour buses. It's about personal human solution. It's about caring. It's about being there for each other. It's about holding each other up. It's about edifying each other. And that's that's what this is about. So here's Jennifer Hess to tell us about what's going on. Jennifer, as always, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, uh, not too bad. I'm I'm looking forward to the help I'm going to be getting this weekend. Um, uh, of course, I have a court date Friday, and I'm going to have some people coming in Friday and Saturday to help out, out with the house. So I'm looking forward to that, and hopefully that'll be get me a step closer to getting my kids back, or at least getting home visits, which it's been far too long that they've been away from home. So. Um, that's important to me. It's really exciting to see the community gather around your case like this. 
And of course, it's important that that's you know that that's a big part of why we're here. Um, but what's really great is it's not just us. There's other, there's other people and other groups that have that have stepped up. And um, of course, our chapter is is right in the thick of it, and they've they've got the labor that's going to come in. And it looks like we've got a contractor that knows what they're doing, and they're going to get this done. I know you received a decent donation for materials. We raised some money um, for materials, and whatever's left over, you'll be able to use for your own needs. Um, and it's exciting to watch the community come together for something that's that's important like this. And it's a it's a it's a model, it's a template, you know. Anytime somebody finds themselves in a spot where they're, you know, it seems hopeless and helpless, you just got to think, you know, it's not. You know, there's there's prayers get answered and, and, and people uh, sometimes do good things. And so, uh, Jennifer, I'm just really grateful that this is all starting to uh come together the way it is, and, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing and hearing about the good uh, the good work that gets done on your house this weekend. Oh, me too. It warms my heart that there's so many people willing to help, but I'm just, um, I'm kind of awestruck by it because of how it is um, where I live, where <laughs> no one bothers to even talk to me about it, or I don't know, it's weird. It's kind of bittersweet. Well, you know, it, it, it's it's one of the biggest issues, and people don't necessarily get what's at the core of all of this, is that this is about making real change. It's not just that there's a law that says you can do something or not do something. There's a stigma around it. And I know in my family and the people I knew, I was – the guy with the, I was the guy with the with the court case. I was the guy who was locked up. I was the guy who was the drug dealer. I was the guy, you know, I was stigmatized. And this is by people who didn't know the first thing about my case. Many people didn't know me at all, but they heard this and they heard that or they heard the other thing, and they made assumptions and never in my favor. And that's what stigmas are all about. Unfortunately, especially in small towns, something happens and the negative word seems to spread faster than anything. But you know what I think? I think when, when people see all of a sudden a crew of people out there gathering around you and helping out, I think it causes them to do a double take and, 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 and think about what it is that they might have had an issue with or whatnot. So worst case scenario, you got some new friends and you're going to have a house that'll be better than it was before. You're going to get your kids back. You're going to get your case over and be able to get back to your life. Well, it means a lot to me, and it's good well, to know that there's people out there like that. Because in my environment, I just don't see it, you know. Well, and that's you know part of what what our walk for change is all about is bringing awareness and and letting people realize that you know we all matter. Every single one of us uh, can make a difference. Every single one of us, you know, even just you standing up and willing to. Stay I need help, and I'm willing to I'm willing to help you help me. You know, those are things that are important. Without people that are willing to stand up and fight, it, what can we do? And so that's you're you're an active part of this, uh, not just a recipient. So uh, we're we're grateful that you're standing up and, and willing to stand and 
Well, I'm I'm definitely up for it. I don't see any other choice in the matter, you know. Well, that's the way we see it too, and I, I'm just glad you have the same mind. Well, Jennifer, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you coming in and uh, giving us the update. And we got Sarah and Mike are listening on the YouTube feed right now. And uh, as you got a Glenn is uh, um, up next, and we got Dana. He's going to be coming up. Uh, shortly after, so you got a whole team of people that are supporting you that are also here on the show and listening and, and, and all here with you. So um appreciate you being here. I'm wishing you the very, very best on Friday, and uh, I can't wait to hear about whatever good comes out of it. Thank you. And I have my fundraiser up. It's called uh, Widow Needs Funds for uh, Legal Fees and Home Repairs. There we go. Awesome. Well, keep an eye open for that, folks, and help out if you can, and that's, you know, what we can do is get out there and make a difference. All right, Jennifer Hess from Kansas, folks, and, uh, again, uh, many of us have helped out, and uh, this is this is a cause worth causing, worth, worth helping out. So thank you, Jennifer, and we will hopefully uh, hear some good news on Friday. Thank you. All right. Take care now. All right, up next we got Glenn Keeling. Glenn Keeling is, as you probably know, a defendant in Ohio, and uh, he's also a chapter coordinator in the Creative Care Beacon chapter of Ohio. Now, Glenn and his wife, Peggy, have been fighting a case for over a year now, and they're in a state of Ohio where they're supposed to be able to do the things they were doing, but instead they're being charged with felonies. How can that be? Well, that's what prohibition brings about. Um, laws don't matter if the people aren't willing to enforce them. And uh, it's about changing the minds and hearts of elected officials, the court officials, the law enforcement, um, all of the people around that have influence over our day-to-day activities. And, uh, you know, Glenn has been out there while he's fighting his own case, helping other people to fight their cases. And that is the vanguard of what we're here to do. Uh, I did it for six years when I was fighting my case, and I was helping other people fight theirs. That is how we lead. We lead by example. And, um, you know, there's, there's no deeper respect that I have for somebody who's out there fighting and helping at the same time. It's, um, you know, I love and respect anybody who's helping in any way, shape, or form. But I know what it's like to try to do it while you're digging in on your own freedom and have all that at stake. And um, so here we are, Glenn, with hopefully a good update here. Glenn, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, good evening, Joe. Good evening. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, Always a pleasure. After two years, we're going on two years now through this case, I wish I could give you some better news than... We have no idea. 3.30 this afternoon, we had yet another attorney conference. I make, I think that this makes uh, the 28th, 28th attorney conference that we've had um, in this case so far, and uh, nothing's been updated. And, of course, we've not gotten a call from either one of our attorneys, so we have no idea what they discussed, that there's going to be another attorney conference, if there's going to be a plea deal, if there's going to – 
um, the plea deal that they did just give us was um, just as bad as the first plea deal. So, of course, we said no to that deal. Um, so, not sure what's going to happen now. After, yeah, but uh, we have to continue to support other people regardless of what we're going through on our case because, man, it's this case is not just about Peggy and I. It's about everybody. And, you know, I can, I say that every week, and, and, it, and it's true. You know, Peggy and I are not the only ones sitting at that table now or before or even after. You know, this is a – every cannabis case is about everybody that consumes cannabis in one way or another. It doesn't matter what you consume it for. Anybody going through a cannabis case, it's about you too because it's your right that they're fighting for. It, it's your – adult privilege you know and, and it just sucks that we're we're complicit with being okay with being allowed to consume cannabis as adults but listen we've got pete and helen yapel from the new york chapter they're they're the now the traveling chapter but there's still solidarity uh, separation separation over solidarity or no, solidarity over separation definitely one solidarity <laughs> not separation <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, well, they're here in Ohio, and they have been up at the courthouse the last couple of days um, educating people and, and giving out information. And um, be surprised about how many people that don't know about what's going on with Peggy Ein. It's right here in this town, but, you know, of, of less than, I think, between the two towns, there's probably um, 30,000 people at the most. Um, and a lot of them don't even know what's going on to their own citizens. And that's sad. And what's even sadder is it was pretty much Pete and Helen sitting at the table. Uh, Peggy's aunt joined her at the table today. And I am thankful for Amy Wolfenberger. She came down yesterday or she came up from uh, Norwood and sat with Pete and Helen yesterday and gave some education. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about that. Man, I, I tell you, I, I don't know what it's going to take in this case. Um, just keep sending them pictures and keep calling the prosecutor, um, and hopefully one of these uh, one of these calls I'll be able to give some positive update. Yeah, we have a petition out there. Please sign that also. Um, bring it to one of our attention that we will be able to, to uh, add it to our case. Um, listen, my name is Glenn Keeling. My wife is Peggy Sue Kimmel. Um, we are the Ohio chapter of the Human Solution International, the Creative Care Beacon. Um, we say it every week, and, and a lot of times my phone goes silent, but my phone number is 419-863-0498. It's like Joe says, you know, we, we'll come and support you. Uh, whatever you're going through, we'll, we'll be there to help you go through it also. It's not fun. It really sucks going through this. It is so true. It is so true. And, and uh, you know, if anybody's ever been through a, a criminal case even a little bit, um, you know, it's hard to even describe what it, what, it, what it takes out of you. You know, you're up against the whole government. And, and wrongly, the government is accusing you of being a bad person and doing, committing crimes. And these crimes don't even have a victim and, and, and it's confusing and it's and it's daunting and it's it's depressing and it's uh, it's oppressive. And again, you know, Glenn, I uh, anybody who's willing to stand and fight, um, that's what we 
I put in six years of fighting, and I hope to God I never have to do it again. It's it's much easier for me to support you than to support myself while I'm supporting you. But meanwhile, again, I, I know what it's all about. I, I know what it feels like, and I know uh, how oppressive it is, and that's why, again, to raise up uh, the warriors that will stand their ground and, and not just cave in, um, it's, it is so important, people. And if you know of anybody that gets busted for pot and you know of anybody that, um, you know, is out there lost and floating around, you know, send them our way. We can talk to them. Maybe they have what it takes to stand and fight. We have watched cases that would have been settled with the defendant, a felon, and we've watched those cases end in acquittal. We've watched those cases end in dismissals. And we've watched those cases end in hung juries where they didn't file. So you can only win if you get out there and fight. Otherwise, you take a deal and you end up being a loser. Even, look, and, and don't get me wrong, to every single person that's ever signed a deal, that's your choice, it's your call. And when I say being a loser, I am not talking about you as a person. I'm just saying the prosecutor won that one. They get a win when you sign a plea deal. And if they're a winner, then you are the loser of that that contest. I'm certainly not talking about you as an individual. And so just know that when people get in and they fight these cases and they come up and they come up with a settlement that makes sense, I support whatever the defendant wants. And so don't ever feel if, if, if we're supporting somebody and they turn around and the prosecutor ends up giving them a, a sweetheart of a deal that, that ultimately isn't going to affect their lives in the future, we absolutely support whatever that defendant wants. We support the defendant. And that's it's so important for everybody to realize. As much as I'm pretty militant about what I want, this is the human solution. And it's not what Joe wants. It's what's best for the community. And what's best for each individual is up to them. This is about freedom and choice. And only the individual can make those choices. So. Um, that's just where we stand as an organization, and, and um, in leading this organization, I wanted to always be clear. I've seen a couple of times where people were kind of abusive to somebody who ultimately took a plea deal, and at the end of the day, they made the decision to do what they thought was right. So we always support that. But, man, when somebody gets out there and fights, I tell you what, you got everything I got behind you. And it it, it's, it it keeps that fire lit and, bright and burning bright. So we absolutely support our warriors every way we can. Glenn, I appreciate you being here. Is there anything left that you want to drop into into the show? Uh, I just want to say, you know, go out and support somebody. And if you're here in Ohio and you can hear our voice, come on out tomorrow and join Pete and Helen at the courthouse, man. Sign the petition. Make some, you know, if you don't come out and support us, Find somebody to support because there's somebody in your area that definitely needs your support. Once again, my phone number is 419-863-0498. Give me a call. Awesome. Thank you so much, Glenn Keeling, <laughs> Creative Care Beacon Chapter, Ohio. Okay, let's see. We got up next. We got Dee Dee Kirkwood, and again, I gave a pretty good intro for Dee Dee, and uh, Mary, we've got a call that just came in, too, at the bottom of the of the rack of 425. I don't know who that is. 
Um, again, Dee Dee Kirkwood is a dear friend of mine, an advocate. I've never seen anybody that just cared so much about the prisoners. We have a lot of prisoner advocates out there, and I just, uh, I'm not one to say negative things, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut about some of them. But the bottom line is, is these prisoners are victims in the sense of they can't advocate for themselves when they're locked up. And Craig Cecil calls into the show every week, and, and we've watched him advocate for uh, other people. He's He's been a jailhouse lawyer. George Martorano helped out many, many people. Some of the the people that we have supported have helped out people while they were in there. But without a support team on the outside, it's 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 difficult at best, impossible at worst. And Dee Dee has brought hope to some of these people. And we've been working with an inmate by the name of Michael Thompson for many years. We've brought him up many, many times. Um, and I was working with him personally for a long time. And as I was running the Human Solution, and the Human Solution was getting bigger and covering more ground, it was more difficult for me to handle um, the one-on-one, day-to-day um, support. And Dee so graciously and kindly um, offered to take this on, and, and she's just performed marvelously. And, and I've never known anybody that, that really walked the walk and cared as much as she does the way she does. Anyways, um, we've had a roller coaster ride with Michael Thompson, and, and you know, he we had a, a, I don't know how many, it's going to happen tomorrow, and then crash and burn, it didn't happen. It's going to happen tomorrow, crash and burn, it didn't happen. Well, we just hit another little bump, and she's going to give us an update. And without any further ado, my friend, Judy Kirkwood, welcome to the show. Hi, Joe. How are you, you doing? Can you hear me? Oh, well, I'm clear. Nervous, I... yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, so uh, about, first of all, thank you, for Joe, for just doing what you do. I just love you and all the Human Solution people and the Walk for Change and just you, you are so solid and consistent, and, and I never – and I just appreciate your kindness to every single person that comes on that you talk to. And, and uh, I just want you to know that I'm a big fan, and I just really appreciate the perspective and the love you share with everybody. So that being said, thank you for all those nice things that you said about me. Thank you. Uh, okay. So uh, I'll just get first just about Michael. Um he put in a motion to the judge, which was out of the ordinary. This is not about clemency. This was a motion he'd submitted before. So we thought it was going to be on the 29th that we were going to hear because the prosecutor did not respond by the deadline. He was thinking that meant no rebuttal from the prosecutor. So as it turns out, a couple of days ago, he got a 12-page rebuttal from the prosecutor about why Michael should not be free. 12 pages. Wow. 12 pages. And they were supposed to, on August 2nd, the prosecutor was supposed to have responded from his letter from the court by August 2nd. That he didn't respond, that made Michael think then, like I said. But this letter... Uh, This prosecutor's letter said on August 12th, there was a new law that was passed by the legislation 
that had specific relation to two of the laws that Michael cited in his motion. So within that extended period from August 2nd to August 19th, the prosecutor said they passed a new law. And that during a time, you know, of course it was like a long-term going, but that they needed to extend it that. So it sounds like, what the hell is that law? We don't know what that even is yet. But like, what is that about? So anyway, He's got a lawyer a little bit working, not really on board yet because she's from Ohio and needs to get on with it with the Michigan. She called the court. I called the court and her assistant called the court. And we were all asking regarding this new 12 page from the prosecutor if the judge now had set a date for the hearing now that she's got the prosecutor's response. And all three of us, when we called the office, they all said at the bailiff's office at the court, they had none of this on record. They did not know what we were talking about. Really? Yeah, they didn't know where it was coming from. And I have the papers that Michael sent me that says court on it. And wow. everything about this is so like, what? What? It's like, I really feel it's like a conspiracy, like Michael had said, but I'm, I'm like living it. Like, first of all, what do those 12 pages say that that would make him still need to be in prison for until minimum sentence is served? And, and, so, and this is Michael Thompson, who's been a model prisoner the whole time he's been yes, locked up. Yes. Yes. Incident. He hasn't gotten no. any anything negative against him, and he's done all kinds of good no. things. Uh, and exactly. And didn't didn't a new judge get involved that we we were are hopeful yes. at least that um, is going to be at least reasonable. Yeah, that's what everything I just said is about that new judge. But so far, uh, that judge has not raised your head, said one word through these papers, through calling it. There's never been one mention, and it's not on her calendar. So this judge has not responded in any way, not a single response. And Michael's gotten all this stuff back and forth from the court, but never a word from this judge, so we don't even know where she is. But she hasn't responded negatively, so there's a chance no. that yes. this judge is putting everything together and it's going to rule or, or set a date and make this happen. I mean, I, I exactly. I, yeah, I mean, I know you are the eternal optimist, so I'm going to say, um, as the realist, I think that there's definitely still a good place to be optimistic here. And, exactly. and without a judge issuing anything negative, I would have to say, look, I've had judges. <laughs> I, I've had the worst judges there ever was. And I know what it's like when they don't like you. So we don't know anything yet about this judge's opinion. And and all we have right. to do is hope that the record that we're establishing is ultimately going to catch up. And this judge is going to address this, you know, hopefully in a timely way. Exactly. You got it. That's it, Joe. Yes. All right. Well, I, I, um, I wish we had, uh, you know, some better news. I know Jeff Eichen was out there and, and um, you know we're we're building. Actually, Michael's support team is growing, not shrinking. So that's a good thing. Yeah. There's more people that know about Absolutely. his case today than ever before. And um, yeah. you know we're, we're we're there's there's a stronger 
advocacy going on. And, you know, with this Walk for Change, what we're going to be actually doing is having multiple um, parallel legs of this walk. So, you know, we can only be in one place at a time. So we're probably going to go more or less across the center of the country. But there's going to be a leg that happens up in Canada for a little while, and there's going to be a leg that's going to go across Craig Cecil's Terre Haute, Indiana prison. And if Mm. Michael's still in there, we're going to go across Muskegon, and we're going to be everywhere that that needs to be. And even if it's, you know, 100 people marching 10 miles, it's going to be that as part of this Walk for Change. So we're going to be... um, happening in multiple locations at once on some in some times. That's fantastic, Joe. Well, count me in. I just think that's terrific, oh, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I am counting you in. Yeah. You'll, 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 get the, yeah. you'll get the notice that this is coming closer. We're definitely, oh, trust me, anybody excellent. Me personally, um, I'm expecting you there is all I can say. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, you, you know what, Joe, this is, Everything I do for the prisoners, all those things that you said, it's because I am a woman of spirit, and my entire life I have looked for a purpose. And I wrote my play, I did the stuff, I always was creative, but none of it was what I was destined to be or do. I just had to stab in the dark, whatever I could come up with creatively, just keep going. And because of you, I specifically landed on my higher calling and that was because of you and that is the truth and Patrice led me to you and Tom Corby it was a direct path but I am spiritually fulfilled by having this it's so obvious I don't have to ask anybody am I done yet is this good enough yet no it's direct (laughs) me and my spirit with these and every word I write, they appreciate. All those words I wrote, nobody gave a shit. And I don't, it was like stupid. Now, well, every single word. Yes. 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 So it is, so, goes in a full circle. I am spiritually fulfilled and I am there to free them till my dying day. So that is how I feel. I have found it. my lane and I'm sticking to it. So, yeah. I love it. Well, yeah. we love you. We love that, that you're doing this work because it needs to be done. And I've never seen yeah. anybody do it with purity and passion as you do. And, uh, you know, it's it, you're the best. That's all I can say. Oh, well, I'm humbled, really. I'm just doing what I was meant to do. So that's how I feel. And thank God I have enough energy to keep on trucking. So i got to get in exactly. shape for the walk. For the walk. Yep, we're going to be walking. Yep. So. There we go. All right. Love Love you, you, Joe. Thank you so much. All right. We will talk. Take care. All right. Love to everybody. Thanks for the support. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. So we got Dana Bland up next, and then we got a special guest who just popped in. Carrie Cannon from Washington is here, and then we got Tom Corby to wrap it up unless somebody else pops in. So we got Dana Bland who is – Our newest chapter, Hope for Change and the End of Prohibition, chapter out of Missouri. And Dana and his wife, Sue, uh, just came off of a case. And as soon as their case was up, we got them chartered as a chapter. And now they're out there advocating and teaching about constitutional law and, and, and rights and helping out, being there in court support. And these guys are 
literally putting together the very first rally for the Walk for Change, and I'm doing my very best to get out there. In fact, um, I will probably tomorrow, if everything works out good, be booking a flight out there. So, Dana Bland, folks, welcome to the show. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, pretty busy. Uh, been uh, teaching. Uh, now, one of the things I can suggest to people for teaching, on, especially on Facebook and other media outlets, is put in proof things that you know for a fact is 100% true. Today, I took in, well, first I put in this one guy's grandfather. I met him online, and he had his grandfather, which had the cancer on the face and a before and after picture, and you could tell the scars were there. It was not fake, and, I mean, it was just amazing. I mean, it's still going. I mean, it just went viral, and it gave me the idea, uh, you know, towards doing this, uh, hope, you know, the, the rally, and I thought, well, maybe I should put my before picture just a few months ago and what I look like now. And it just went ballistic on, on the Internet. And, I mean, right after I put it on there, I had like 150 friend requests in like 30 minutes. <laughs> but, okay. but, uh, yeah, uh, the, the Friday, I mean, the 27th, uh, anybody out there that can make it, and I mean, even if it's a four-hour drive, it's worth it. Go down there. It's 10 o'clock there for Jennifer Hess there in Kansas. And right afterwards, uh, they're going to be working on our house and stuff, and it looks like they might get it done this weekend. And uh, also on the 1st, uh, uh, we got Jack Goriah uh, uh, up there in California, Missouri. He's having his first uh, real court uh, date and at 9 a.m. Uh, on the 1st, and I'm going to be there too. And uh, But, yeah, you educate, 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 because the more education you get into someone, they're not going to come turning back and going the other way because the more they learn, they just can't get past the truth of the matter that, that you know, this whole situation for the last hundred years has just been a complete scam on America. And, uh, yeah, the hope for change is we're, you know, we're putting on that freedom rally on the 27th, I mean, yeah, uh, on the 19th of October, the 19th of October in Buttercup, Missouri. Yeah. Being out there. <laughs> and, and, yeah, that, that, there's a – it looks like it's going to be pretty big. Uh, the girl that her, – her stepdad or and her husband's in prison, uh, the one that's going blind uh, from Missouri, uh, she's going – she's coming down. She's going to bring baked goods and stuff like that to sell and, and, you know, for the people and stuff. And I got word out to get some food vendors and drink vendors that want to sell drinks and stuff. And all it's going to cost anybody that wants to, any other groups that want to come down and do something like that or do T-shirts or whatever, is just 10%, you know, to go towards the event and towards the walk for change. And, uh, oh. you know, that's not very much to ask. And also, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have a lot of good speakers. We're going to have good music. Uh, it's going to be an all-day event, so it's going to be pretty fun. Uh, and, and, you know, there's quite a few people around here that's going to be going and in the four-state area. But I'm also going to be going to the motels in Cassville and getting discounts for both of them or the motels that are there. So if anybody wants to come in from a longer distance, they can come in the night before or something like that. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm uh, very much looking forward uh, to meeting you guys all in person and uh, 
you know, um, scouting out a future uh, walk site of uh, the Walk for Change and, um, you know, launching this first rally. It's exciting. It's all beginning to really take some form and uh, can't wait to, to get out there and see you guys. Yeah, I talk about getting the event page put together tomorrow on the uh, call. And uh, because, I mean, I, I'm not real good on the computer. I, I do good with PR and on the, the tablet here. And But my speed is so slow here. You know, it's just unbelievable. But, yeah, it, okay. it's going to be we'll worthwhile be to, to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll be able to get that done. But, yeah, th- things are gotten really – I mean, here's something for people to understand. And, and when you see the, the ad – or, or the, the story, share it like crazy. There's a guy in Alabama got pulled over by the cops. Then the first thing the cops did is say, I smell marijuana. And never tell them, use the word, don't use the word marijuana. Always use the word cannabis because cannabis is hemp and everything else, and they can't distinct between the two. Uh, but they roughed him up and beat him up, and then he's going to probably have a lawsuit against them uh, because, you know, and then they admitted later that, oh, it wasn't coming from the car. That's their famous excuse to get into your car, folks, is to say, I smell marijuana. And and it don't matter. Most of the half the time, they don't smell anything. They just want to get in your car. Uh, you know, it's it, all the groups, everybody out there, and that's why I'm working with all the groups that I can. It's a call to action now because things are just getting completely out of control in this country. And unless we take and take hold of the rain and take it back, it could be too late if we wait too much longer. It's time to act now. So come down to the rally and support this walk for change. And let's do a million, more than a million man march on Washington because they have to know what's really going on in this country. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dana, um, how does somebody get a hold of you if they want to be involved in this uh, rally or, or participate with the, any of the events, the court supports, or just help you out with your chapter? How does somebody get a hold of you? Uh, it's Hope for Change and the End of Prohibition, the uh, Human Solution, the Missouri chapter. You can contact me here on Facebook and also uh uh, my number is 417-847-7974. I'm still looking for names for speakers. Uh, we got a, a lot of speakers already. I just want to go through to get all the, the leaders if I can and, and any testimonials out there that are really good and then music and whatever a person wants to bring to this thing that they can make it better. Just be involved. It's time to get involved. Dana, you can add me to the list. I'll be there for sure. Okay, well, that would be good. But, yeah, we're, we're, it, it's a big endeavor. I mean, I, I can't hardly keep up with the, this, this tablet. There's so much stuff coming through anymore. And, I mean, I'm, I'm answering every single one of them. And so far I haven't had hardly in the last six months one or two negative answers, and that's it. It's all been positive. So I know it's that's working. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Dana, I appreciate you being here as always. And um, uh, you know what? We're we're going to meet in person in a few weeks, and we'll go on from there. Yeah. The, the last thing, look on my site. 
you're going to see the one of the last things I put posted up is my before picture of just four months ago or so and what I look like now. And it's gone viral, too. If you can't take in distinct on the difference in how much different I look now compared to then and see what cannabis can do for you, I mean, it's a picture's worth a thousand words. So true, so true. Well, that's what this is about. It's about the truth, and it's about, you know, give me one good reason why we shouldn't be able to choose this plant. And I don't think anybody's ever done that successfully yet. So that's what we're about. We're about freedom. We're about liberty. We're about the right to choose, and we're about, you know, the ability to do the things that are right. So, Dana, thank you so much for being here, and um, we will talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All righty. Thank you so much. All right. So we got a couple of special treats. We got Carrie Cannon coming up next. Um, but first, we have a few words from the Vice President of the Human Solution International, Lisa Wildred, with a few words. it's me. Okay. So I don't normally jump in here, but sometimes I do. So the reason I'm jumping in here today is you guys are hearing a lot of information, and the information is all about this walk. So if you want to get to where you can find out the information yourself, what you're going to do is we do have a special website just for the walk, but you can also get the link easiest just by going to www.thsintl.org. That's the Human Solution International. Also, you'll notice that a lot of the things that we do, we have this little green ribbon right here. And what that little green ribbon is all about is that ribbon is all about our solidarity. If you want your very own green ribbon, all you have to do is join us. We do have a couple of different memberships available. It's as low as $4.20 a month. You do get your own little membership card. We do have T-shirts available. And what we want to do is that's the place that you want to join in. You can see what we're, um, what we're doing, what we're planning. We also have our, our Facebook site, the Human Solution International. But that's for members only. And so you have to be a member on our website in order to get on that. We do broadcast our website feed across a lot of different platforms. We have different affiliates that are associated with us, such as SOS, Solidarity Over Separation, uh, Walk for Change, Hope for Everything. You know, I mean, we got to do this, but it's going to take all of us together. And super important, make sure that we all – you know, we got to join together. Don't don't find fault with each other. Um, we got to get this plant free so that we can get all these prisoners free. Um, the other thing that I want to mention is, um, if you want to join, go on to our website. The other thing is, we do a lot of fundraising, and so what we're going to be doing is we're actually uh, there's a post that's around that lets you know exactly what we spend, where all of that money goes, how we collect that money. We are very transparent in that. We are also going to be publishing all of that stuff right on our website. That's that Human Solution International that I told you about, the www.thsintl.org. So if you have any thought about what we're doing with the money or the donations or anything that your membership fees support, please feel free to go right on there. It will tell you straight up transparently what we're doing with all of the funds that we collect. We also have great availability with our treasurer, Becca Nichols. She'll be happy to answer any questions. So, again, feel free to donate that change that you have into us because we want to change the world, and we want to do it, and we want to free our plant. Um, I'm a cancer survivor, so talk about looking different. 
I was on death's door, and uh, cannabis keeps me alive. So anyway, that's it. That's all i got to say. So join us. That's how you get your own ribbon. Go to our website. Be a part of it. Don't just sit there and listen. Do something. Don't just rackety-dack on them keys. Get up and say something. And if you can't get up, it's okay. We'll come to you. We'll stick a microphone in your face. We'll make it easy for you. We just want your input. So thanks, guys. Bye. All righty then. Okay. Well, we still got 25 minutes left of our two-hour, one-hour show, and it looks like we're going to pull it off all right. We got Carrie Cannon from Washington, and Carrie's been advocating for Lance Glore and uh, uh, Glenn and Peggy and and Michael Thompson and some of the other uh, POWs, and she's been working uh, working really hard to to get the word out. So. Um, we haven't spoken on this show much, but uh, let's see what's going on to see how we can work together. Carrie, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good, Joe. How are you? I am fantastic. Above ground breathing and currently out of custody. Can't ask for more than that, huh? I don't often. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to call in tonight um, for a diff- couple different calls to action that we have going on right now. Um, one is to help Craig Cecil. I'm sure you mentioned it, but um, I'll repeat. He's being mistreated in uh, prison for uh, reporting abuse against him, and the abuse being being closed fist hit by a guard, being denied access to the law library because he's a diabetic, and just ridiculous stuff. So what we're doing is looking for somebody in Vigo County, Indiana, to call their representative and ask that they start a formal investigation into Craig's mistreatment. They won't talk to anybody who is not in their area, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, that's actually a really good point. Um, We've worked with cases all over the country, and, um, you know, when you're talking about a, a, a local area, even if it's a federal case, you're dealing with local jurisdiction, and when you're dealing with things that can be changed, you're, you're dealing generally with state legislators or congressmen, and they really won't even talk to you if you're not one of their voters. And, and we've run into that time and time again. And that's one of the reasons why networking and, and working together with like-minded people and, and, and establishing outposts and chapters and, and, and all of that is so important because, like you said, we need local uh, people, especially in that congressional district of Indiana, uh, where Terre Haute is, um, and especially somebody in that particular district. So um, if you know anybody um, in Indiana, you know, start reaching out second and third tier. Uh, you know, we're all connected by six degrees of separation. Um, we probably only have to reach out one or two to find a few people, and it probably wouldn't take a lot if we can find a couple of voters that can reach out to their representative with this, uh, with this request. Thank you. That's a great right. idea. And it would help. That's what we, we did when Lance was um, being mistreated. We Somebody called their representative and asked for a, an official investigation, and that got him into a better, safer spot. So it would just take a few minutes of somebody's time to make that call. It's really something quick and easy for anybody who's uh, registered in that area to do. Excellent. That is that is definitely good. A good way to move forward. And you said you had I a, agree. 
again, just just for anybody who has ever listened to this show, um, you know, I've known Craig Cecil for almost seven years now, over six years, and, um, you know, we've been advocating for him for that long, and he's been a guest on my show for the whole time, and he calls in every week and he shares, you know, what's going on. Well, about three, four weeks ago, he let us know that this thing happened. He got he got hit by a guard, you know, and he's he's never even gotten in a fight with another inmate, but he's gotten hit by a guard three or four times in the time that he's been locked up. And and this is a man who isn't even convicted or or even charged with a violent act. He's not a violent person, and yet he's been physically harmed. He's also a man who's got a medical condition. He's got diabetes. He needs insulin and a special diet just to operate on a regular day-to-day operation, and he's been denied that numerous times, both his medicine and his diet. You know, he talks about his diet all the time, and he says, yeah, you know, they got us on lockdown. We got one bologna sandwich today, or we got two bologna sandwiches. You ever lived on bologna sandwiches for any length of time? You're not getting any nutrition, and you're certainly not getting enough to satisfy the needs of a diabetic. So this is important. If you know anybody in this area, please get a hold of us, get a hold of Carrie. Carrie, how does somebody get a hold of you um, if somebody says, hey, I know a guy who, who's, who's in that area? Um, on Facebook, people can find me. My name is spelled K-E-R-R-Y-C-A-N-N-O-N, or my phone number is 425-268-6485. That is awesome. And, and, you know, anybody who's missing this, it's it's archived. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. You can go back and rewatch, re-listen. Um, everything that's said on this show is there for posterity. And you said you had another case or another uh, call, call to action. Yeah, I have two more. Um, we have another okay. one for Peggy and Glenn. For anybody who can't show up in Ohio to uh, – help with Pete and Helen's efforts, their rallies, and what they're doing out there outside the courthouse, um, they can make a simple call. It takes like 30 seconds to uh, Mercer County Prosecutor Matt Fox's office. That number is 419-586-8677. And all you need to do is politely ask that he drop all charges against Peggy and Glenn. And if it's after hours, you can leave a message. Why don't you give that information one more time, the the name and the number? Uh, Matt Fox, that's the Mercer County uh, prosecutor. His number is 419-586-8677. Awesome. Yeah, and just say, why don't you drop the charges against Glenn and Peggy? You know, we did the same thing when I was uh, uh, fighting my case, and they had me locked up because they violated my bond, and they weren't, they weren't cooperating, and, you know, we we were very oppressive to that prosecutor's office, and, uh, <laughs> and it made a difference. It made a difference. It does. You know, I, I, anytime somebody – and you know what? There's something that happens when you pick up that phone and you're actually talking to this guy. They can't do anything to you. It, it, there's, a, there's a feeling that you get, like you're really doing something, and you are, and it, 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 it empowers you. And there's nothing like calling, you know, you know, whether it's your congressman or, or the, a prosecutor or whatever it is, when you pick up that phone and you get somebody on the line, your heart gets a little little poundy for a second, then you, you say what you got to say and you 
hang that phone up, and you're like, yeah, I just did something. <laughs> so I can't let you guys know enough that when you do these things, you know, it doesn't seem like a big deal. You might even say, well, why would I even waste my time? Try it. Try it. Then you'll know. Exactly. And then the third call to action I have is for uh, Washington State federal plant prisoner Lance Glor, who's serving a 10-year federal prison sentence for legal medical cannabis in this, in this state. Um, we're asking people to call the White House Comet line. That number is 202-456-1111. And all you need to do is leave a simple comment. I support the uh, pending clemency of Lance Glor. Why don't you give this us petition, uh, Dr. White House. Okay, White House comment line 202-456-1111 and just a simple comment stating that you support the pending clemency petition for Lance Glore. That's L-A-N-C-E-G-L-O-O-R. Awesome. Well, Carrie, I, I, just as I said about uh, Dee Dee, it's, you know, when people care enough to, to, to care about somebody else enough to do something about it, it's what we need more of. And uh, I, I'm grateful that you're out there advocating for these folks. We need more people like you that care enough to do something. So uh, appreciate everything you. you're doing. Appreciate what you guys awesome. do, too. And um, I agree with you. People need to just take one small action and see how empowering it is. And it's very empowering, and you help yourself by helping others, and together we can all make a huge difference. That's it. That's what this is all about. That's what this show's about. That's what the Human Solution's about. That's what the Walk for Change is about. And anybody who says, well, I don't know what to do, get a hold of any one of these people that called us today, and we'll give you a little bit of help because we know what to do. <laughs> we'll lead you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Joe, right. for having me. i got to get back to work. <laughs> Absolutely, my pleasure. All right, here we go. 16 minutes left. One caller left. Yep. Tom Corby is a Lionheart from from NorCal. We call it NorCal. He's a little above Central Cal, but he goes all the way up. I've seen him go all the way up to the borderline. And, uh, you know, I never met a man who uh, was as dedicated as Tom. Well, actually, I have. We've got a pretty amazing, dedicated team now. But. I've never met anybody that was more dedicated than Tom, that's for sure. So, Tom Corby, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you, Joe, and back at you. I learned so much from you. And all those on the front line today, uh, Lisa, Mary, and Les, Becca, Nichols, uh, happy birthday to to Lance Glor and, and Tracy Glor. Uh no one should be going to jail for our plant. And we always say, all the money is always. They're all making money on us. Come on. From the border, the police, the sheriffs, DAs, judges. Uh, it's just a shame that we have 50 in for life without parole. For our sacred plan This is unacceptable And We must end prohibition That's our goal in fishing At the Human Solution International We're going through a nightmare Up here in Northern California Again, follow the money 
I don't know about you down there, Joe, and the rest of you in California, but PG&E, the lawsuits are coming. We've been going through nightmares here with our power off, power on. We haven't forgotten how PG&E, with their incompetency, helped burn down our sacred paradise, California. There are many conspiracy theories of what's going on here. And one of them I would like to share right here is I'm at the electrical shop and got to rent these power plants so I can keep my power going here. We heard that PG&E doesn't really care about us. And when they shut our power off, they make twice as much sending the power to San Francisco. Now, that's really a shame when you think about it. I just need to breathe. It's been a grueling two days here. We're trying to do our garden. 100-degree weather, and we're having to go through this because of PG&E greediness. Now, I'm here with always Frank Command. Hey, Joe, Liz, everybody at the cop party. Hey, Frank, how's it going? Oh, it's going. <laughs> Barely going. So That's good. We well, we keep on going one step in front of the other. That's right. We keep on keeping on, man. That's what we do. And also, Daria, Daria Cezanne's right here. Hello. Uh, Hello. Hello. So Frank and I went out yesterday, and we went to Harbor Freight. Uh, We went to Home Depot. We and when we got to Home Depot, we were just in time to barely rent a power plant. There are people waiting in line. A lot of people very disgusted here, and these lawsuits and injunctions are coming on PG&E. I don't know about you down there, Joe, but this is really sad up here. A lot of people are really suffering. So how about down there, Joe? What's going on with PG&E? You know, they sent – we have Edison, SCE, down here, but um, they sent a bunch of warnings. They said they were going to be shutting power off. But thus far, they have not shut power off here, but they said in San Bernardino, the next county over, that they were planning on shutting power off. Uh, The winds were picking up today and yesterday, and I don't know what happened in San Bernardino, but we we didn't get any power cut off yet. Well, and and there's no competition, Uh, and they were up on rent uh, 40%. And it's just really a shame. So uh, don't forget to breathe. <laughs> God, to get through this. That's that's Cochise. You know Cochise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's on guard out there. <laughs> okay. We want to thank you all today uh, for coming and uh Helping to be the solution, volunteering, 
damn prohibition and free all our POWs. It's really sad. Now, anybody's going to jail for a plant, any plant. So these are all historical shows, and we give thanks to all the speakers today. I can name them all. Not to forget the Coffee Party Radio Show. Thank you all again today. Uh, Don't forget to breathe. And Joe, you and Liz owe us a visit up here, and can't thank you enough for all you do for so many. Thank you again today. That's where we're going. I'm heading off to Missouri next, but uh, we'll we'll get up to see you soon. I'm sure. Well, listen, um, I had a, a couple of pretty shitty stories I was going to share with you all, but this show has turned out to be uh, so positive, I'm not going to sully it with uh, anything negative. So rather than that, we're just going to listen to what Willie Nelson has to say about it all, and we'll get back to it next week. I want to appreciate I want to thank everybody who was part of the show. I'm not going to mention names again because I always forget one of them. So uh, everybody who had anything to do with this show, I'm super grateful, and hopefully you are uh, find it valuable enough to come do it again. We'll see you all next week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on my mind.